Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. He heads the Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. He prosecuted the infamous Riders case involving gross misconduct by the Oakland Police Department. Accepted to Cal on the basis of academic excellence, he walked onto the football field and started as a sophomore. He served as vice president of the National Bar Association and president of the Charles Houston Bar Association. He has mentored countless young lawyers, law students, and college athletes. Terry Wiley, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. Glad to be here, Lou. It's a real honor to have you. Tell me, what exactly is your position these days? Well, so I'm currently officially an assistant to district attorney, so I'm the number three ranking district attorney in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. And I, my current assignment is I was named the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in November of 2020. Where exactly are you physically located? I'm physically located at the main courthouse, at the Renee C. Davidson Courthouse by Lake Merritt. On the ninth floor? On the ninth floor. Now, you've been in the district attorney's office for how long? 30 years. Where are you from originally? So I'm from San Jose, California. I, I was born on Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield, California. My dad was a career military man. So when Eisenhower integrated the Air Force, <clears throat> he immediately transferred from the Army to the Air Force. And so he, uh, our family, he and and our family were stationed at Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield. And me and my brother, my twin brother, was born. And we're, you know, I'm an, I'm an identical twin. Is your identical twin a lawyer, too? Uh, no, he is in, he's in, he's in technology. Where did you go to high school? So I went to high school at Santa Teresa High School in San Jose. A lot of people think, it's well, you automatically think it's a Catholic school because it's Santa Teresa, but it's a public school in San Jose. It's, it's it was built on Santa Teresa Boulevard, so Santa Teresa High School, but a public high school in South San Jose. How was your experience in high school? You know, it was it was interesting, Lou. Um, you know, I we were raised when we first moved to San Jose. We lived in East San Jose, which was predominantly Hispanic and Black. And I think by the time we got into sixth grade, we started noticing a just a real lack of challenge academically in school. And so we complained to my mother about the just the the real the lack of of challenge, you know, on 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 pretty much a daily basis. And so my mom uh, moved us, <clears throat> moved our family out to South San Jose, which was about 80% white and 20% other, you know, Hispanic, Asian, and black. And there, there were very few blacks in South San Jose. What was that like for you, coming from like a predominantly African-American, Hispanic 
place and then going to some place that was really predominantly white? Well, it was a couple of adjustments we had to make. One was that we were behind. So it took us about uh, six months to catch up with everybody else and where they were academically. And, and so, you know, and we just found the academics were, were a lot more challenging and, and, and we, you know, it was, it was just a much better education system. And it was also interesting because, you know, we were, we were athletic and, but we also came from a very, an environment that was very, very competitive, very, you know, it, it was a much, we came from a much more challenging environment in terms of, you know, the, the, the people that you're growing up around are just a lot tougher. And so when we got to South Central, I think, I think the, the guys in South San Jose learned pretty quick that, you know, we were, you didn't want to mess with the two twins. <laughs> and uh so you know it, so they you know we had to make an adjustment but they also had to make an adjustment and they were just kind of like you know don't mess with those two but you know and then i mean but once we made the adjustment it was a great place to grow up i mean it, it was the you know I, I felt like the public schools in san jose at least in south san jose were excellent and and you know teachers that really supported you and, and it was just great. I mean, I had a great, a great experience growing up out there. When you graduated from high school, where'd you go to college? The reason I went to Cal is because when I was 15 years old, I kept hearing about this Ohio State University, Ohio State, Ohio State, reading in the paper, and Ohio State was playing Cal. And we were living in San Jose, and my mother looked at me and my brother like we were crazy when we asked her, could she take us up to Berkeley to go watch the Ohio State Cal game? And she's like, no, I'm not driving all the way up to Berkeley. And so I grabbed all the money that I had, and I went and caught a Greyhound bus from San Jose to downtown Oakland, and then I caught AC Transit to Berkeley, and I made my way up to Peel Hill, and I watched the Ohio State Cal game from Peel Hill. And the running back, who was a freshman with Ohio State, was was Archie Griffin. Wow! You know who went on to win yeah. two Heisman trophies. And but that experience is what led me to say, okay, this is where I am going to go to school at this university. My experience at Cal and, and just the, the education that I received, I mean, it really changed my own personal trajectory, but it really kind of changed the, tra- the trajectory of my whole family because I was, me and my twin brothers were the first ones to, you know, go to a four-year school, graduate, and then go on to graduate school. In my, in my case, I went to law school. And so today I've got probably 18 of my nieces and nephews have all graduated from college. Oh, that's fantastic. No, that really, that, yeah. that really is something, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it, it really impacted my whole family. And, and my niece, I just had a niece who just graduated from law school. So, and they, they will all tell you that they were all watching me and my brother, you know, 
And uh, so that's so. I mean, I, I love Cal for a number of reasons because I always tell people Cal Cal changed my life and it changed my family's life. You walked onto the football team there at Cal. I did. What prompted you to do that? Well, because I mean, I, I just felt like you know, had it not been for the knee injury, I would have probably gotten a scholarship. I mean, I ran track at Cal, so I played football and I ran track. And you went to school. And I went to school. When did you start thinking about being a lawyer? When I was about, uh, well, when I actually determined I was going to be a lawyer was when I was 14. But I started thinking about it when I was about eight years old. That's when I started thinking about being a lawyer. And then by the time I was 14, I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. When you graduated from Cal, did you go to law school right away or did you take a little time off? No, I, I, you know, was attempting to try and have a career in professional football. And then one day my, my stepfather said, Terry, look, you know, football is one of those sports where, you know, either you make it or you don't. And he said, if you're not making it, then you need to go on to the next thing. And, and I listened to him and I was like, okay, this isn't working out. So I want to go to law school. University of San Diego School of Law offered me a tuition scholarship, a half tuition scholarship. And I had a great experience at the University of San Diego School of Law. It was a great school, great people. And one of my professors said, hey, I think you should interview with the DA's office. I said, okay. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know much about the DA's office. I didn't know uh, much about prosecutors and, you know, in, in, in where I grew up in my formative years, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody who wanted to be a prosecutor or a police officer. Those were just not the things that people wanted to do. Now you've been, you, you know, we, we've said this before, but I mean, you've been in the DA's office for 30 years and, you know, you, you obviously are someone who has had lots of choices and opportunities what is it that you really like about being in the DA's office that's kept you there for 30 years? You know, that's a good question, Lou. And I'll tell you what I tell people is I didn't really know what to expect because I did not grow up wanting to be a DA. Didn't really know much about even what prosecutors did in their daily jobs. But then once I, you know, was became informed of what they do. What I did, what I knew was that I did not want to work around people who had what I call a Joe prosecutor mentality. You know, that mentality is simply because someone is arrested or someone is charged with a crime. They must be guilty. They must be a criminal. And to my surprise, I found the exact opposite of that. And it was a great place to work. I mean, and you know, and in my class was Kamala Harris was in our class. And, you know, some of the people that were in the, the class when I was starting, you know, many of us are all still working for the district attorney's offices. Well, and, that, that brings this up, Terry. You know, currently you're running for district attorney. You've formally announced yeah. your candidacy. When did you start thinking about that as a career move? <sighs> Man, you know, probably about maybe five years ago, you know, I was looking at, you know, Nancy was Nancy O'Malley's the current district attorney. And, and I was looking at, you know, 
the the folks who I've been in the office with and and who would be who would be the person that would would be the best person to lead the office and kind of take the office beyond where it is today. And what I mean by beyond where it is today to you know, we're always seeking to improve, whether it be a district attorney's office or whatever. You're always seeking to improve that office. And so it really came down to who would be the best person to take the Alameda County District Attorney's Office to the next level. And the more I thought about it, the more it was clear to me that I was that person. I had the experience and I... You know, and I've been very, very engaged in criminal justice on a number of different levels. I'm an African-American voice, and I'm able to communicate the African-American experience as it relates to criminal justice. So I just think that when you look at my overall experience and what I bring to the table, I think I'm the most qualified person to take over the leadership of the district attorney's office. Well, how's the campaign going? What do you what do you think of campaigning? What do you think about raising money? You know, how, how's the whole process well, going? That's that's just challenging. I mean, that's just that's very challenging. And and anyone who's ever run for a countywide office knows. Oh yes, I know. We we it, talked about it, this a little yeah. earlier. <laughs> and so, Lou, you know, it's 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 extremely challenging. Um, you know, you're out seeking endorsements and and you're you're seeking support financially and you know the, the we anticipate that this race is gonna you know it's gonna be a million it's gonna take a million dollars to run to run the race. So, you know, you're out there every day. There's there's not any time that goes by that you're not working on your campaign. Now I mean I've had you know, but you know what happens, Lou, things happen that really kind of speak to, especially as a prosecutor, you know, there's been a lot of change. And I think since the George Floyd case, there's been a lot of upheaval uh, within the whole criminal justice system. And, you know, so, you know, but, but when you run for an office, you really begin to find out what your career has stood for when you start asking people for endorsements. That will tell you kind of that will it won't tell you everything, but it'll give you an idea of where your career has has been as a prosecutor. And you know, I'm happy to announce that today I received the endorsement of the probably the the icon of the civil rights movement today and attorney Benjamin Crump, who represented the family of George Floyd. He first kind of came onto the scene representing the family of Trayvon Martin. He also represented the family of Breonna Taylor. And today he endorsed my candidacy for district attorney. Well, congratulations. Um, you know, I mean, that, that brings up kind of an interesting question. There's a lot of talk these days about so-called woke DAs, and I'm wondering what your take on progressive as opposed to more traditional philosophies of criminal in, enforcement and prosecution are. Well, I, I think that when you look at where where there are systems where progressive prosecutors have come in and they are trying to 
change the system. Well, when you've been around 30 years, there's a couple of things you've learned is that there are some disparities and inequities that are just kind of baked into the criminal justice system. Okay. I mean, and I'll just use one example is if you, if you're a wealthy person and you lose it one night and you attempt to murder someone, if you've got the money, you can be out of custody the next day. If you can make bail, if you can afford to make bail. Well, on the other hand, you can be caught stealing a package of bologna and get arrested and put into custody. And you can sit and, and, and in custody for 60 days because you couldn't make a $500 bail. So there are some inequities that are just kind of baked into the system. And that over time, you know, these disparities have a disparate impact on on many communities of color. And this has been going on for decades on a number of different levels. And so I think that the progressive prosecutor has been a response to attempting to make some changes to bring more balance to our system of justice. Do, do you think that the criminal justice system, and let's just talk specifically about Alameda County, do you think the, that the okay. system is fair? I don't think any criminal justice system today is completely fair. No, because, and the data shows that it's not fair. In what way? Uh, and, and, and that if you go to our juvenile hall facility and you see predominantly black and Hispanic kids, you know, you would think that there are no white kids that commit any burglaries or commit any kind of criminal offense when you see the numbers that we see. And so I think that there are, there still exists disparities in our system of justice that we are constantly working on. We are constantly trying to find alternatives to incarcerating someone. There's more work to be done. Do, do you have a 30-second elevator speech? My 30-second elevator, elevator speech is that when you look at Kerry Wiley, the candidate for district attorney of Alameda County versus my opponents, I think there are two things that separate me uh, from my opponents. And one is experience, and the second is proven leadership. When you look at experience, I've risen from a regular deputy district attorney to the number three district attorney in our office. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit, Terry. What's your family life been like and how has practicing law affected that? And how has now that you're running off for office affected your family life? And what do they think of it? Well, you know, my my wife is very supportive, you know, because she knows that I've, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. And so she is supportive of, of the whole thing. And, you know, my my son is, you know, he's had his own challenges. And so, I mean, I come to this race with my son having also experienced some mental health issues that have that have led to him being system involved. And so I, I, I like I completely understand when, you know, I'll put it like this. I've been educated from both sides of the aisle. What other sorts of things do you like to do? I mean, do you, you know, I mean, you, you played football. You were very involved with sports when you were younger. What sort of things do you do to kind of keep your sanity these you know, days? Yeah, you know, Lou, what I, you know, actually, Lou, what I, what I, enjoy 
doing is, you know, where I see a need for service. I mean, I just, I, I, I love helping others. I love providing leadership so that, 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 you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, when I came into the Alameda County District Attorney's Office, the, the members of the office who preceded me were just giants in the legal profession and, you know, particularly young in our careers, you know, they, they would reach out to us. They would give us guidance. So we stand on the shoulders of giants. Right now, there are three announced candidates for district attorney. I, I haven't heard any word on the street about anyone else getting involved. And the three right. candidates for district attorney, all three of them are African-American in Alameda County right now. So yeah. I, I'm just kind of wondering what your comment is about the notion that no matter what happens here, we're going to have an African-American district attorney of Alameda County. I think it's great. And I think it is about time. And, you know, I think that, you know, I think that African African Americans have made great contributions to Alameda County. And they've always been a very strong presence in Oakland, of course. And I, I think it is, I think it's great. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think it's great. And I think it's, 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 it's time. Let's say you and your wife came into some real money, three or four billion dollars. What, if anything, would you do differently in your life? Three or four billion dollars is, is a lot of money. I, I, I think that I would, you know, make sure that my family is, is taken care of. But I would also give part of it away for, you know, some philanthropic purpose to help others. Because I would think that the good Lord uh, blessed us with such a, a huge amount of money, not to just spend it on ourselves, but to do good with that. Let's say you had a magic wand. There was one thing in the world you could change, the legal world or otherwise. What would that be? I would wave that wand and get, and get rid of racism. Because I think that some of the results, you know, just historically has had a uh, tremendous impact on, on a lot of people. And I think that that would be the one thing I would, I'd want to get rid of. And so that everyone is, is judged by the content of their character and not by their ethnicity, their sexual orientation, their skin color, and that people are just judged by the content of their character. And if we could live in a world where that existed, it would be a better world. Anything else you want to talk about that we haven't covered? No. Well, I, you know, I'll just say this, that I do think it is significant. And I'm just going to, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I do think that when you look at the struggles of the criminal justice system that many groups have had, and you've been a career prosecutor kind of in the middle of it. The career prosecutor would probably be the last person you would expect some of the, the biggest civil rights attorneys in the country to endorse their candidacy. So I do think it is significant 
that John Burris has endorsed my candidacy and that Ben Crump has endorsed my candidacy and that Lanita Baker of the Breonna Taylor case has endorsed my candidacy. And I think it all speaks to the kind of prosecutor that I have been over the course of my career. Terry Wiley, thank you so much for joining me today on Love Thy Lawyer. I really appreciate your very valuable time. Lou, you know, it's a pleasure. And I have always, from the day I met you as a young lawyer, you've always treated everyone with respect. And so it's a pleasure doing your show. So thank you. That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. If you enjoyed listening, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or suggestions, send me an email. I promise I'll respond. Take a look at our website at lovethylawyer.com, where you can find all of our episodes, transcripts, photographs, and information. Thanks, as always, to my guests who share their wisdom. And to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Hart. I'm Lewis Goodman. So I would call the admissions office at Cal every day. And I'll never forget the day that I got the acceptance. And I heard one of the admissions officers say, is that that guy from San Jose calling up here again? And I just tell him he's in. Just tell him he got into the university.